This is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Peter provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg. Hello and welcome back to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. My name is Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, please give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at theivag.com. While you're at the website, please check out our podcast page to see some of our past shows and to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us with any questions that you may have uh, and to set up a face-to-face meeting um, to talk about your, situ- your financial situation a little bit more in depth. For many people, Social Security is the linchpin of their overall retirement strategy. It is the foundation of their retirement income. So today, I want to make sure we take a look at some of the do's and don'ts of Social Security as folks are nearing their retirement. But before we start taking a look at Social Security, let me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. I've had a great week. As always, kept busy uh, with my honeydew list and work. (laughs) Uh, you know how it goes. The, uh, the honeydew list never ends, right? It just keeps getting longer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And I keep wanting to put some of the stuff on that list off, and that doesn't help either. So the list just gets longer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I worked on it a little bit. Um, Good. Yeah. Other than that, I'm doing great. How about you, Peter? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well as uh, I'm doing well as well. Um, you know, doing as you said, doing the honeydew list. It's uh, we're all home, so trying to check off that those things. And the weather, again, is continuing to improve. I feel like a broken record every time we do these podcasts, we say the same thing. But the truth of the matter is it, it, we're coming into summer and the weather keeps getting better. So, yeah, I'm doing well. Thank Good. you for asking. Yeah, I like it. So uh, what are we talking about uh, on today's show? I mean, um, you mentioned, I think, Social Security. And uh, that's a big topic. That's an important one. Uh, especially for those out there who haven't yet filed. I mean, whether you're 30 or 40 or 50 or uh, 64, uh, Social Security is important to understand, isn't it? It is vital to understand, Tony. Like I mentioned when in the lead into the, to our podcast today, it is uh, the foundation for most people, right, in their retirement. Social Security is going to be the foundation of their so their their retirement income. So, what I want to talk about today is some rules that people should know by heart as they're thinking about retirement, as they're approaching that as a goal. Think about this, Tony. Did you know that? Social Security alone as a program keeps 15 million retirees out of poverty at any given time. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty, that's a big program. And beyond that, millions more rely on this program to supplement their income, as we've mentioned before. And that Social Security as a bedrock protects the quality of their life during that overall retirement. So no matter what role that an individual may expect Social Security to play in the retirement strategy, it's important to have a very good understanding of the program and how uh, it works for people when they're in retirement. Yeah. And, and I know it's something, Social Security, that's something, actually, you know, the older I get, the more I think about it. I'm not there yet. Uh, a, but I'm always in, to go, Tony. 
Many more yeah, years I, to go, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I'm always interested when it pops up in the news um, or financial sources that I follow. So what do you have first for us when it comes to the rules of Social Security that we need to know about? So I think the first thing that folks should remember is that most everyone is eligible to start collecting their Social Security when they turn age 62. However, this is only the very first age in which you're eligible to start collecting. The next age that folks need to keep in mind is something called their full retirement age or simply referred to as their FRA. Now keep in mind this this is not the age in which you have to retire, right? But this is a number that Social Security has assigned to you that's based on your birth date, somewhere between 66 and 67, where they think it's optimal for you to start collecting your benefits. Well, and I think it's important to understand that. But now remind us how that benefit is calculated for Social Security. Yeah, that's a really good question, Tony. So the Social Security Administration uses your earnings, right? They use the average earnings from the last 35 years um, to figure out your benefit. So if you work less than 35 years, those missing years are going to be calculated as zero and unfortunately may reduce your benefit. And to the earlier point, if you don't want to work until you're for retirement age, right? You may file for age 62 benefits, but there, there could be some zero years in there that make that benefit lower. Plus, they're greatly reduced anyway. Uh, if you file early at sixty-two, you're gonna you're gonna get a reduced benefit regardless. That's, that's exactly right. That's the trade-off, right? If you file before your full retirement age, your monthly benefit is going to be smaller. At age sixty-two, it is the smallest amount of benefit that you're going to be able to get out of the program. From there, your benefit is going to steadily roll up. It's about 7% annually, or if you think about it, a half a percent every month from age 62 until in a, until your full retirement age in a compact and a compounding fashion, kind of like compounding interest. If you, if you think about those percentages, that's a lot of money year over year um, that your benefit can roll up. Mm. Yeah. And I, I definitely say that, um, <laughs> those uh, those uh, fractions and those numbers are the downside of filing for Social Security before your full retirement age then. So what happens if you work past your full retirement age or just don't start drawing your benefit until after that age? Well, if, if you don't claim your Social Security benefit until after your full retirement age, Tony, then your benefit is going to continue to increase monthly uh, until you get to age 70. Um, so at 100%, right, your, your full retirement age, you get 100% of your benefit. But at age 70, between that point and age 70, your benefit's going to continue to roll up at 8%. Um, so by the time you get to age 70, as you can imagine, it can be a, a pretty large amount of Social Security rolling into your household on an individual basis. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it does seem like uh, more people are interested in working longer these days because we're living longer, things like that, want to save more. How much does a person's benefit increase if they keep going to the office after they've reached their full retirement age? Yeah, Tony, like I just mentioned, it rolls up at 8%. So from your full retirement age, so let's say your full retirement age, your FRA is 66. From Every year from 66 to age 70, it's going to go up 8%. If you put that in real numbers, for example, um, you could be looking at a benefit by the time you get to age 70 of somewhere around $3,600, $3,700 a month, where at full retirement age, it might have been 
2800 That's 1900 $1,000 more per month that you could be having come into your household by just waiting to age 70. Now, yeah. one of the things people should make sure they understand, right, is that you have to be fully qualified to receive Social Security benefits by your full retirement age to be able to then get those increases from your FRA to age 70, right? So we're going back to those um, working for 35 years and having enough quarters, as they talk about, um, to be able to receive that benefit. So just keep that in mind. Well, this is great. Is there anything else you want to share with us about this? No matter how you expect to fit Social Security into your overall retirement strategy, I'd urge you to really familiarize yourself with the program as a whole, as well as the options that it holds specifically for you. I also encourage folks to uh, visit our website or call the office to discuss with us how we can make sure that you are optimizing your Social Security. We have a process where we can uh, show people uh, how to maximize their benefits over their lifetime and make sure that the benefit that you have worked so hard for over the decades, you're going to get the most out of it. And also to make sure that we tailor that benefit um, with uh, the other potential retirement income streams that you have coming into your household. Right. And you have the Social Security Maximization Report, and that's a report that you can run for people, uh, put in some of their personal information, and based on their personal situation, it'll tell them uh, when the time to file would be the best for them to maximize their Social Security and uh, incorporates, you know, spousal benefits and strategies. It's really important for our listeners who haven't yet filed for Social Security, right? Yeah, absolutely, Tony. The Social Security Max Report is a, is a pretty cool tool that we use when working with, with folks, right? It Like you said, it allows us to take your, your individual information, especially it's really powerful for couples um, that will be approaching retirement because when you have a situation where you have two streams of income from Social Security, there are a number of different filing strategies um, that we're not even going to go into in depth on this podcast. This podcast would be hours long if we did that, <laughs> but, but this report is going to synthesize all that information, right? And say for a married couple, here's the most, the best way to file for social security, to get the most money out of social security, um, over their lifetime. And lifetime is based on, um, actuary tables. But regardless, when we run this report, Tony, for people on average, we can squeeze somewhere between 85 and $90,000 of additional social security income over a couple's lifetime by just using this max report. It's a pretty powerful, pretty powerful report. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds great. Well, and this has been a good conversation so far, talking about some key Social Security rules and options uh, that people nearing their full retirement age, or FRA, uh, might benefit from. Um, What do you have next for us? So another thing, you know, we talk about the max report, but I do want to make sure that our listeners should note that your lifetime benefit doesn't really change based on timing per se, whether you file for Social Security early or at the the end of the window, right? So at around age 70, your lifetime benefit may work out to be similar. And when I say lifetime benefit, I mean the lump sum, right? The year over year, you add those up and when you eventually pass, what's the total amount that you've gotten out of the program? That's what we mean by lifetime benefit. The system, Social Security is designed in a way so that that if you begin receiving your benefits at 62, you'll get a smaller series uh, of payments over a longer time. On the flip side, if you start receiving it at 70, right, you're going to get larger payments over a shorter period of time. That means if you have a clear reason to file for Social Security on the earlier side of of your time frame, so around 62, 
because of a job loss or, or just because you might just be done working, um, you may not have to worry about thinking you're giving up a lot of money. Yes, the payment on a monthly basis is going to be smaller, but over in the big picture, it, it's going to probably be about the same as if you waited a couple years. Oh, wow. Okay. So it, timing does matter, though, still, uh, but it may be different and it, it may depend on your personal situation. And that's why you run that report. I think that's a really good breakdown. Uh, the total could be similar, but the monthly payments may vary depending mm -hmm. on when you file. That makes sense, right? It, yeah, exactly, Tony. Yep. Another Keep in mind, Tony, too, another critical piece of Social Security it has to do with spousal benefits. It's a, it's a way in which uh, a spouse can access some benefits off of um, the other spouse. So when you have a married couple, one individual, a lot of times what we see is one individual may have been what they call the breadwinner, right? May have worked and earned a lot more money than the other. And so their benefit is significantly larger, yet their spouse has a much smaller benefit. So Social Security allows folks to have what we call a spousal benefit, where the spouse with a much lower benefit can claim a spousal benefit that's half of, um, let's say, their husband's benefit that come into the household. It's a way to increase the amount uh, of Social Security income for a married couple. Um, and yeah. this can be a really powerful tool, right? Because now you've been able to create uh, more income and the benefit is that it doesn't affect um, either spouse's own benefit. Wow. Well, that does sound good. But another thing I've been curious about regarding Social Security is once you file for Social Security, uh, and then maybe you have buyer's remorse or say, hey, you know, I maybe I should have waited to file and let it roll up or for whatever reason. Uh, do you have insights to that? Is there anything that can be done? Yeah, Tony, you know, this we get this question a lot. You know, if you file, you know, a situation I filed for Social Security, but now I've kind of I've gotten a job offer um, that I just can't pass up and I want to go back and work. But now I don't want to have the Social Security. What do I do? Well, the good news is the Social Security Administration does allow you to essentially take a mulligan, and you have to do that mulligan within 12 months of the initial filing. Of course, there's always some caveats, and there's some three key points that you need to keep in mind with this policy if you need to take what we call a Social Security mulligan. Okay, so uh, you can undo it uh, within the first 12 months of filing for Social Security, but there's always a catch, or in this case, sounds like three catches. What are they? Yeah, so the first thing you need to be aware of is that when you do this mulligan, any money that you have received from Social Security, you're going to be um, expected to pay that money back. So that's the first one. Next, any family, mem uh, any family member who has received benefits based on your earnings, they're going also going to have to agree to this mulligan, and they're going to have to do that in writing. So if you have a spousal benefit, for example, your spouse is also going to have to agree uh, in writing that they uh, are are content with this with this mulligan. Finally, you only get one mulligan. So if you do this this um, process within the first twelve months, um, th that's the only time you ever can do it. You can't do it again down the road. So it's important that if you're going to make this decision, that you make it um, and think it all out because you don't have a second chance to file for Social Security and take it back again. Right. So you can only play the withdrawal and refile card once. Uh, so what do you have for us next? 
So one thing that people should be aware of, an additional thing, is that there is not a magic recipe, right, to significantly increase your monthly payment. You can educate yourself, though, about how the benefit formula works so that you can use this knowledge to your advantage. So let me kind of shed some light on what I'm talking about. We mentioned earlier that Social Security is a payment that's at your full retirement age is based on the highest 35 years of your salary, right, Tony? And if you don't work for any of those 35 years, those missing years are going to count as zeros. Mm. If you're in that situation, you can focus on filing in those zero, filling those uh, zero years in with working years. So that's going to increase your averages and then increase your monthly payment. And if you've put in 35 years of work, right, and you don't have any zeros, you can also increase your monthly average by simply continuing to work. This might be especially valuable as people get to the end of their careers, they're usually paid more, right, Tony? Well, if that's the case, well, those higher pay years, if you keep working, what they're going to do is bump out the lowest amounts, right? Because it's the 35 highest years. So if you've worked for 45 years, uh, 10 of those lowest years are going to get bumped out. So you can use the the formula and the knowledge of how that formula works. You work a couple extra years making a lot of money. It's going to bump up your your the formulas used to calculate your monthly payment. Yeah. So what happens if I want to work and collect Social Security at the same time? Can I do that? Yeah, so this is another this is another very common question that we run into because people they still want to work but they also see the fact that they could trigger some of their social security and have extra income coming into their household. So it's very important that people understand the rules uh, about having earned income, so income from a job as well as having social security coming into your household. So the way I describe it is the system social security is designed to discourage people from taking their social security benefit at age 62 while working. And the way they do this, Tony, is that they actually have uh, a withholding. It's a dollar for dollar withholding of Social Security. So if you take your Social Security benefit before your full retirement age and you make above $18,000, for every $2 above that limit, they're going to withhold $1 of Social Security. Wow. I'm not talking about taxing it. I mean, they are going to hold that benefit. So let's say your Social Security benefit, Tony, is $20,000 $20,000 for that year and you are you earn over that limit, they may reduce your benefit down to $17,000 and you just lose out on 3 grand. It is an yeah. actual withholding, not a tax. Yeah. So, yeah, so that sounds like a, a big negative. And so I know I've always wondered can I work and collect? Um it's possible if you're not making very much money, but if you're making like you said anything over $18,000, um, then it's not going to be worth it because you you might as well wait to file until you're done working. That's exactly right. And, and keep in mind that's though that withholding occurs before your full retirement age. After your FRA, right? You can continue to work. You can work and have Social Security, and there's not going to be any withholdings. But I think what people truly need to understand is Social Security is treated as income coming into the household and it is going to be taxed. So it's going to be part of people's adjusted gross income. And one of the things that is even more disturbing when we talk about taxation of Social Security is that there's actually an additional tax. It's a provisional income tax that's levied specifically towards Social Security that can add to your tax burden. So so it's critical, you know, taxes are not something that a lot of people think about in retirement, but it's critical that 
when you sit down and start planning your retirement income, that you understand how Social Security is going to be taxed and how that may reduce your overall retirement income when you're in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's critical. So, uh, you know, I know that uh, this has been a, a really good episode uh, so far. How can people get a hold of you if they want to set up a complimentary consultation, get that Social Security maximization report run? Yeah. So, Tony, if, if folks want to start exploring uh, Social Security, how it's going to work in their overall situation um, and, and start dealing with some of the taxation and, and optimize, right? Use the Social Security Max Report for your own personal income plan or your family plan. Um, give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at the IVAG.com. Um, there you can book appointment either face-to-face or still um, we're doing virtual meetings with people as well, given the time and given whatever your comfort level is. Um, and we'll start this conversation about how Social Security, again, is going to be probably the, the bedrock of your Social Security income. And then how do we start building an income plan around that? Well, now, during our show today, Peter, you've been talking about some of the Social Security rules and quirks uh, that our listeners might want to be aware of, right? Yeah, and I think it's been a great conversation so far, right? Knowing some of the nuances about Social Security and how it's going to work. One of the things, additional thing I want to touch upon today, Tony, is something that I read in a recent article by CNBC, and it talks about inflation and Social Security's essentially inability to keep up with that inflation, which is which reinforces the idea that, yes, Social Security is going to be a core part of a retirement strategy, but it can't be the only source of income that you have uh, in retirement. You need to have a robust plan moving into retirement um, for your income strategy. Right. And I I think that's important, obviously, the concept of making sure that Social Security doesn't make up your entire retirement strategy. Uh, I've heard that before, and I'm eager to hear uh, what you have to say about it. Well, yeah, and the key reason for that, again, is, a, is inflation, right? So inflation is insidious, and it's one of those things that slowly creeps up. And the idea with the Social Security is they, they try to account for it with something called COLA, or cost of living adjustment. Um, but unfortunately, it has not kept up. So for example, if you are a person that retired in 2000 with an average Social Security benefit of $816 a month, that has increased now by with the cost of living adjustments through the program, a COLA, the, that's authorized by Congress. That eight, $816 by 2020, 20 years later, has grown to 1246 If we had increase Social Security based on the inflation rate alone, that benefit really should be $1,626. The point being is the cost of living adjustments that Social Security does has not kept up with inflation. That's $400 off in the benefit here. So that means seniors or retirees could be falling behind if Social Security is the only source of income. Right. And that's not good. Uh, Obviously, uh, it seems like inflation it can really put the brakes on an enjoyable retirement overall, right? Yeah, yeah, it can because it, a couple of reasons. One, the cost of living adjustment, inflation happens whether anyone likes it or not for, for a simple conversation. The cost of living, though, those adjustments, right, the COLAs, those depend on Congress. And for example, there's strong indications that for 2020 year, there's 2021 year, there's not going to be any cost of living adjustment. It's going to be zero. 
while there's very likely going to be inflation. And that's why folks fall behind. Um, and it's important to keep that in mind. Tony, let me quote a couple increases in, in inflation since 2000. If you had out-of-pocket costs for prescriptions, those have gone up 252%. Homeowner's insurance has gone up 174%. Home heating oil has gone up 172%. Medigap policies have gone up 148% while Social Security has only gone up 53%. Wow. So so it's critical when people are thinking about retirement income and if they have the time that, yes, Social Security is going to be a core, but they're going to need other, as we say, other buckets of money to help, one, create income, but also shield them from inflation. Right. And, and hopefully things will be changing for the better. Uh, but it seems fair to say that people who are receiving Social Security – Shouldn't expect much relief, by the way, of a significant cost of living adjustments, right? Yeah, I would not. Uh, yeah, I would not be waiting for for a four or five or six percent increase in the cost of living adjustment. Social Security itself, as a program, they assume two and a half percent every year, but as you can see, they have not. That has not been kept up with, um, mainly because the administration doesn't make that decision. It's Congress and. We won't get political, but as you can imagine, that become once it becomes a political conversation, things don't necessarily work out the best way for the folks receiving Social Security. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's not going to be a shocking comment for a lot of people. So so I would say, Tony, you know, there, we've covered a lot today, right? In Social Security alone, there are a number of different variables. There's inflation, there's taxation, there's timing of when to take your benefits, there's withholdings that occur. It, it is. It seems like a simple program, but it is not. It's very complicated. And I would highly suggest that people um, reach out and, and at least talk with someone about how Social Security is going to work in their household, um, but also how are they going to partner Social Security with other saving strategies and income strategies as they, as they approach and enter into retirement. Well, and, and this makes it even more important to make sure that Social Security is just part of that financial retirement strategy, not the entire strategy itself. Uh, even clearer, uh, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? No, I would just say, I mean, we've covered a number of things, like I mentioned. I would say folks need to have a strategy, right? And they need to make sure they're taking a holistic approach where Social Security is obviously a key part of that, but they're, they're planning everything, taxation, uh, other sources of income in retirement, et cetera. And the way to do that is to sit down with a financial service professional, to be <laughs> completely frank with you. Um, so uh, if, if you have any questions, you want to start that conversation, please give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at the IVAG.com. Um, there you can schedule uh, an appointment either in person or we can do a virtual one as well whatever your comfort level is. Um, and we'll start this conversation and make sure that you're on the right path um, to creating a holistic uh, retirement plan that involves maximizing Social Security and all the other pieces that go into planning for retirement. All right. Sounds good, Peter. And that does it for today's episode of the Ivy Retirement Podcast with our host, Peter Loffenberg. Thanks, Tony. Everyone have a great week. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Peter Loffenberg at the Ivy League Advisory Group. Call 866-360-2724 or visit them online at theivyag.com. 
Investment advisory services offered through the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC. Hilton, New Hampshire, 866-360-2724. A registered investment advisor registered in the state of New Hampshire and Vermont. Peter Laufenberg and the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC, are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.